What's going on, guys? In this podcast, we are going to jump through a two-round, I repeat, a two-round mock draft that I put together. Let's get it started, and I'm just going to warn you now. So while this is predictive, I had a little bit of fun at the top, but not with number one. We all know what's going to happen there. I had a little bit of fun with it. Okay, let's. I, I wanted to see, and that's really, I think, the point of this exercise, to kind of see what, what happens if we change one little thing at the top. Right. Like what what can the trickle down effect of that be? So I did a little something different and um, let's get into it. Number one, we've already heard, as I stated, the Jaguars coach um, Urban Meyer say that they're essentially drafting Trevor Lawrence. So let's not even BS with this one. You know, what we haven't heard at number two. We have not heard Robert Salah or Joe Douglas say that they're taking Zach Wilson. So this one, in my opinion, is free game to have, you know, have at it with now. Does that mean I'm going to make this a what I would do situation and take Trey Lance here? No, it does not. I'm going to take quarterback from Ohio State, Justin Fields. I'm going to do that. Why? Well, what was the thing we were being sold for the better part of a year, right? But I mean, damn near two years. We were being sold Lawrence and Fields. That was the number one and two. Like, have you heard about the two quarterbacks from next year? Who's that? Lawrence Fields. That's what I was asked all all offseason long or I mean, all regular NFL season long and that's kind of what we all expected then this kid Zach Wilson comes out of nowhere steals the show etc etc I'll tell you what Justin Fields the reason I'm choosing him instead of Wilson and, and Lance for this particular mock is simply because when you look at the things that there are to like about Justin Fields extremely accurate um plays big on, in big games right under pressure New York market um is is has the ability to run has the ability to has big time arm talent. There's, there are things that there are to like about him. He fits the scheme definitely, right? That, I think that the things that are to like about him, you could see how somebody would feel strongly enough to have him as the number two quarterback in this draft, and even in some cases as the one. For those of you that are thinking like, "What the hell? You don't like Justin Fields that much?" That's nonsense. Okay, even though I believe he's my QB four. The I don't like Justin Fields stuff is not true. I think Justin Fields is a guy that's worthy of being the top pick in a lot of draft classes. Okay? So that's how much I do like Justin Fields. It just so happens that there's three guys in this draft class that are really, really, really good. So, again, I like Fields. That's why he's going to today. All right, number three, the San Francisco 49ers on the clock. And I think we can all agree that Zach Wilson to San Francisco is a picture-perfect fit. You put Zach Wilson with Kyle Shanahan, and the rest would be history. So San Francisco lucks out here and gets the guy they probably ultimately wanted at three. Now, number four, we're going to watch the Washington football team trade up with the Atlanta Falcons. So that means Atlanta's going down from four to nine. Okay, that's a considerable long distance to travel, and they will be they will be paid in full in terms of uh, comp in terms of compensation for this pick. So they're going to get a first rounder next year. They're going to get a the Washington pick nineteen, the Washington second rounder, and a third rounder next year as well. So I, I believe that was compensation. I can't remember, but a lot of compensation is the point. And Washington is going to take Trey Lance. Look, Ron Rivera for the better part of his and Cam Newton's career, was the head coach of Cam Newton. This kid is a lot like Cam Newton, okay? Except for 
there are certain parts about his game that I could see why you would like it more than Cam Newton. Cam had to win running early in his career. I don't think Trey Lance has to. I think he will because he is just so good at it, right? But I don't think Trey Lance has to win that way. I think that he is more, um, I think he's more NFL ready from a pure passing standpoint than Cam Newton was. And I know Cam started this career with two 400-yard passing games, broke the rookie record, and then broke his own rookie record. So I get it. But my opinion, I think if Ron Rivera loved Cam Newton, which he did because he drafted him, Ron Rivera is going to love Trey Lance. Hence, the uh, Washington football team is going to move up and grab Trey Lance while they still can. All right, number five is the Cincinnati Bengals are on the clock. They're going to take a tight end from Florida named Kyle Pitts. The reason we're going to do that is because when you're the Cincinnati Bengals and you understand, hey, there's only one Kyle Pitts in this draft. From the offensive tackle position, I think, I'm not sure, but I think we're going to be able to get a guy at the top of the second round because there are so many, and I'm talking 11 or 12 guys in this draft worthy of going in the first two rounds, guys that I think are going to be legitimate starters as offensive tackles. And if the worst case scenario, you might have to move them to guard. But that's how I feel about this offensive tackle class. It's that deep. Therefore, we're going to take Kyle Pitts because he is absolutely the one and only at his position in terms of where he is head and shoulders above the rest. Um, we're going to take Kyle Pitts. Look, the thing about this I want to emphasize is Joe Burrow throws an absolutely perfect jump ball in those like little touch ball situations in the end zone, and he loves to give his guys, his playmakers, opportunities to catch footballs one-on-one. You give Kyle Pitts those types of opportunities, he is going to dominate, right? And I'm telling you this right now, even as a rookie, it wouldn't shock me if Kyle Pitts was the fantasy tight end one. So take that for what you will. If he goes to Cincinnati or if I like his landing spot. All right, number six, the Miami Dolphins. We're going to go Penny Sewell here, offensive tackle from Oregon. So look, Penny Sewell's a stud, okay? There's just no – him going in at six instead of five does not mean I don't like him, okay? I don't, don't be weird. It means simply be, that – Kyle Pitts is the reason I didn't take him, right? Because Kyle Pitts exists. So we're going to go Penny Sewell here to the org, I mean, uh, to the Miami Dolphins. We're going to start to protect Tua Tagovailoa a little bit better, see if that can help him out. Number seven, the Detroit Lions on the clock here. And guys, anybody who watched Dan Campbell, the new Lions head coach's uh, post-hiring press conference, do you understand what I'm saying when I say I don't think that guy's drafting a wide receiver at seven overall I just don't think that okay so we're not going to go with receiver here we're going to go offensive tackle because I think that's a far more likely position that Dan Campbell would draft because he wants to eat your kneecaps and all that kind of stuff we're going to take my OT2 Christian Darisol here he's going to come in and be a left tackle starter for day one all the way to year 30 I mean year 13 sorry um so yeah Christian Darisol to me is again a guy that checks all the boxes a guy that I really 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 like as an offensive tackle prospect and I wanted to emphasize that by drafting him here at seven for the Detroit Lions all right number eight my Carolina Panthers are on the clock and I think this is an absolutely perfect fit that's Rashawn Slater offensive tackle Northwestern so as you guys know if you heard my uh, offensive tackle rankings I do have Tevin Jenkins ahead of Rashawn Slater but the Panthers have Taylor Moten at right tackle. We need Rashawn Slater. Why? Because he can come in right away, play left tackle for you. And, if, and guess what? If he can't, 
because of his length or whatever it might be. If he can't, and he's going to come in and he's going to play, he's going to start at guard for us right away, and he's going to be at a top level guard instantly, in my opinion. So I love the value. I love the fit more than anything there for Carolina at eight. Number nine, we've got a trade. We've got the Chicago Bears trading up from twenty to nine with the Denver Broncos, and the Bears are going to take Mac Jones, quarterback, Alabama. Number one, I love the fit. Okay. Number two, the Bears just signed Andy Dalton. They need a quarterback. Okay, number three, and they need a long-term quarterback, I should say. Number three, why have we just decided that Mac Jones, I mean, I'm sorry, that the Bears are just not a candidate to trade up? Why? Because they have Andy Dalton? Like, what are, what are we talking about here? The Bears are absolutely a candidate to trade up. Maybe the Bears are that smart in terms of how they're manipulating the media that they have reinforced that to kind of take the – the spotlight off of them from that standpoint because other teams might be worried about them trading up but they they have really done a great job nipping that in the bud i'm not buying it i think the bears could absolutely trade up and i sort of expect them to if one of the quarterbacks they love falls to nine all right number 10 the dallas cowboys are going to take cornerback from virginia tech caleb fairly Jerry Jones is a guy that is not so much so risk adverse, right? That's not the way I would necessarily describe Jerry Jones. He's a guy that is like, hey, this guy you're telling me can be the best corner in the NFL if he hits, like he really has that kind of upside. Let's take him. We're at 10. You don't get that guy at 10 typically, right? That's not where you would, you know, think about Marshawn Lattimore was a 10th pick. He's not the best corner in the NFL. He's a good one, top 10 for sure. But he's not the best. Caleb Fairley is a guy you can take at 10 and potentially have the very best in the NFL. Enough said. That's old Jerry Jones. All right. Number 11, wide receiver from Alabama, Devontae Smith is going to the New York football Giants. Why is that? Well, it's because he's my top receiver in the draft. Okay. It's also because I think he'd be a great fit there alongside opposite of Kevin uh, Kenny Galladay. Okay, now you've got Galladay on one side, you've got Devontae Smith on the other, and then you've got Sterling Shepard working the slot along with Evan Ingram and Saquon Barkley out of the backfield. The New York Giants need to maximize the things about uh, the was the weapons around Daniel Jones. Dave Gettleman is notorious for strengthening his strengths, and this goes from being basically a weakness to an ultra strength in just one offseason. So I like this a lot for the New York Giants. I think Devontae Smith's a good fit for them. And I definitely think he fits the culture there. And yeah, need meets value nicely here for the Giants. Number 12 would be the Philadelphia Eagles. They will take wide receiver from Alabama, Jalen Waddle. All right. So look, Waddle to me is again, he's my second best receiver in the draft. I like him a lot. I think he's a really good fit there. And I think he's the most explosive player, offensive player in this draft period. Number 13, the Los Angeles Chargers on the clock. They'll take cornerback J.C. Horn. Now, a few weeks ago from South Carolina, by by the way, guys, so a few weeks ago, I told you guys that um, the Chargers likely released Cam Hayward. I'm sorry, uh, Casey Hayward, because they wanted to or because they knew they'd probably be in a position to draft one of the top corners. Well, here's the perfect example of that again. They are in that position, and they are going to capitalize on it by drafting a stud corner, J.C. Horn. I think the J.C. Horn is special. He reminds me of C.J. Henderson. I think he has an opportunity to be a top-five corner in the NFL. Number 14 is the Minnesota Vikings. They will take Elijah Vera Tucker, offensive tackle, offensive guard, 
however you want to call it, from USC. I'm starting him off at tackle. I want to see that he, if he can play tackle. If he can't, okay, fine. We'll move him into guard, and he'll be an elite-level guard because I really believe that he has a chance to be a top-of-the-line guard in the, at worst at the next level. Number 15, we've got a trade. The New England Patriots trade back two spots with the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders want to make sure they get an absolute stud right tackle that they couldn't see falling another spot. Tevin Jenkins, Oklahoma State, checks every box. I don't expect him to even be around at 15, but I guess anything's possible. He is an absolute stud. Number 16 is going to be the Arizona Cardinals on the clock. They'll take Patrick Sertain Jr., cornerback uh, Alabama. He's 6'2", 210 pounds, somewhere around there. He is a stud and an absolute perfect fit in this, in this defensive system. And I would say him replacing Patrick Peterson is a nice uh, nice in terms of like, I don't think there's a ton of drop-off at this particular time for the Cardinals. All right, number 17. Now the Patriots have managed to move back two spots, and you tell me if this isn't the most Bill Belichick-in thing ever. They're able to move back two spots and still grab Jamar Chase, wide receiver, LSU. And now you have really and totally revamped this offense to where you've got weapons everywhere i love it for new england i think that this is a really wise move on their part if it could actually work out like this i hope it does but um i think this is a great way to see what you really have in cam newton all right number 18 the miami dolphins take running back from alabama Najee harris okay yes i'm all for drafting running backs in the first round first and foremost number two I believe that Najee Harris at 18 is a value. I don't think that it's a reach in any way, shape, or form. I think this is a classic combination of need meeting value very nicely here for you. All right, number 19, the Atlanta Falcons on the clock after the trade back with Washington. They'll take safety from TCU, Trayvon Morig. I like Morig a lot. I think he's a complete safety. He can do a little bit of everything for you. I think he's going to be a blue chip player for the Atlanta Falcons under the new regime now and moving forward. Number 20 after the trade back with the Chicago Bears is the Denver Broncos. They will take the best edge rusher in the draft, just to not mince words here, Jalen Phillips, edge rusher from Miami, Florida. Look, I was actually considering Phillips at nine before I got the call to trade back with the Bears. I really was. And the reason why I didn't do it is because I'm a little bit weary about the injury stuff. I didn't want to necessarily risk the ninth overall pick. But now when I'm at 20 and he's still there, I'm absolutely taking him. So that's really well done by the Denver Broncos from that standpoint. All right, number 21, the Indianapolis Colts. They will take left tackle from Texas University. Samuel Cosme. This dude is like 6'7". He has really good tape. I wrote down, will be a Pro Bowl caliber player um, at the next level in my notes. When studying him, I think he's a very good player. I think this is a match made in heaven. And if he's on the board, when they're on the clock, I don't see any way that they don't make this selection. Number 22 is the Tennessee Titans on on the clock. Now, they will take wide receiver from Minnesota, Rashad Bateman. Look, man, I think that... Being that they just lost Corey Davis, it just makes so much sense for Rashad Bateman to be the guy they go to as a, you know as the replacement, right? I mean, they don't trade up or anything like that. It's just they, they wait. He's there. Perfect replacement. Perfect fit in the offense. I like him. He's going to come in right away and be the number two receiver there in Tennessee. All right. Number 23 is the New York Jets on the clock. They'll take wide receiver from Florida, Kadarius Toney. You look at the San Francisco 49ers offense, right? What's the unique thing about it? Because it's going to be very similar to what the Jets are running here. 
the unique thing about it is you got guys like Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk that have this combination of physicality and elusiveness. That's what Kadarius Tony is. I think he is going to fit perfectly there with the New York Jets, and I like that. I like that a lot, and I honestly think at 23, he's definitely going to be in the conversation, if not the pick, if he's available at this spot in the, in the real draft. Number 24, Pittsburgh Steelers on the clock. They'll take cornerback from Northwestern, Greg Newsom. Newsom is a polished and technically sound product, ready to play right away, and I think he's a perfect fit in the Steelers' defense, so I like that a lot for them. I think he's going to be a uh, very good player for them right off the bat. I think he's a very high floor. It's one of the things I really like about Newsom. Number 25 is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, they will take running back from Clemson, Travis Etienne, to pair him with his college teammate who they took in the first overall pick in the draft in um, Trevor Lawrence. So you got to like that. And I think that's pretty cool getting both of the Clemson products there as rookies to kind of help come and transform that culture there in Jacksonville under Urban Meyer. I like the pick. I like the fit and it feels a need. And yes, I know you've got James Robinson, but the best part about James Robinson guys is he's, he's on a UDFA contract, right? And Travis at the end, this, in my opinion, can be something similar to like a Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara. It really can. I mean, that's the kind of, except for the only difference here is you've got them both locked up under contract for at multiple years. You know, I think that they'll both eat. I know for fantasy players, you're going to be like, oh, I don't love this, whatever. But I'll tell you what, from a real football standpoint, from a team that wants to control the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, running the football is going to be a big deal. And Travis Etienne and James Robinson are going to be a hell of a combination to deal with for, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. All right, number 26, Cleveland Browns on the clock. They'll take defensive tackle Christian Barrymore, Alabama. Um, look, man, I don't think he'll be here at this point in the draft. I don't think he'll he'll last this long. But if he does, I guarantee you, I can't guarantee it, but I really think the Browns would run the card into that uh to the in Cleveland in the draft to um, draft Christian Barrymore. Number 27, Aziz Ojulari, edge rusher from Georgia, goes to the Baltimore Ravens. I think it's a good fit. The Ravens like to occasionally ask their edge rushers to drop back in coverage, at least in the underneath stuff. Aziz can do that for you. He is a perfect fit in this defense, and I like him a lot. All right, number 28, the New Orleans Saints are going to select cornerback from Florida State, Asante Samuel Jr. I think Asante is a good corner, man. I think he's a, a true first-round talent. You know, I think probably a top 20 player, so you're getting a pretty good value here. I think that having him on the other end of uh, Marshawn Lattimore there allows the Saints the opportunity to be able to match up with different types of receivers on opposing offenses. So I like this fit a lot for them, and I think that Asante Samuel is uh, going to be a really good pro. Number 29, the Green Bay Packers on the clock. They'll take linebacker Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa from Notre Dame. And I think he's going to be a really good fit in this in this uh, defense. And I think he's definitely one. He fits the need, and he also comes at a very good value because I think a lot of people are higher on him than pick 29. Number 30, the Buffalo Bills on the clock. They will take edge rusher Quiddy Pay from Michigan. Quiddy Pay is a 4-3 defensive end. He's not a quote-unquote edge rusher, if that makes sense, right? He's not just the guy that, that you know, speed rushes all the time. He's a legit defensive end. He's powerful. He, he's plenty strong enough, but he's also an, an explosive athlete. If, um, if he's here at 30, I think the Bills will take him, no question about it. 
Number 31, the Kansas City Chiefs on the clock. They will take Nick Bolton, linebacker from Missouri. Look, Nick Bolton, the best way I can describe him is the way I've always described him. He's a perfect combination of instincts along with um, physical ability. So that that's what I think about Nick Bolton. He fills the need for the Chiefs, and he's going to be an immediate starter and a three-down backer for them, in my opinion. Number 32, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the clock. They will take edge rusher. Peyton Turner from Houston University. So, look, I like Peyton Turner a whole lot. I'm probably higher on him than most. I don't necessarily think he'll go in the first round, but I do believe that he has an opportunity to be a special, special player because they don't, they simply don't make guys with his athletic ability and size, right, and, and strength. Like, the, he's a former basketball player in high school. He's a legitimate defensive end now, and he's a perfect fit in this Buccaneers defense. I think he could be a really, really good player for them. And I think that, uh, you know, and just given his upside, I think at the end of the first round here, he makes sense for the Buccaneers. So that's the direction we will go, at least for this mock. Number 33, first pick of the second round, the Jacksonville Jaguars on the clock. They will take safety, Richie Grant from Central Florida. So Richie Grant, one of the things I wrote down when when watching him was, was a, I wrote, he was a true first round player for me. So to get a true first round guy, in my opinion, at the top of the second round is phenomenal value. And I think he'll be a day one starter for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Number 34, the New York football jets. Once again on the clock, they'll take linebacker from Tulsa, Zaven Collins. And I know, I know, don't worry. Micah Parsons will go soon. I just like Zaven Collins a little bit more. So Zaven Collins fills the need for the New York Jets, and he's going to be a guy that's most certainly worthy of the pick and ready to make an impact year one. All right, 35 is the Atlanta Falcons on the clock now. They're going to take cornerback from Syracuse, one of my guys in this draft cycle. He'll most certainly be featured on the My Guys next episode that's coming later this week. Efetu Melifanwu, cornerback Syracuse. I had a... A suspicion, I, I, and I spoke on this a few weeks ago, that the only reason Melifanwu was not getting first-round hype is because people were scared about what happened to his brother, right? Obi Melifanwu, the safety, excuse me. But I literally got a DM a few days ago, just a couple, maybe two, three days ago, from a guy saying when I posted that Efetu Melifanwu could put, potentially lend up in the first round, and he said, haven't we learned our lesson from his brother? And I was like, you are the exact person I was talking about. And honestly, it's not just him. It's anybody who, like, I think that if you don't like this kid, there's a chance that it could be unintentional, maybe not intentional for you. It's a chance because his brother burned you, you feel like, right? His brother had all the talent in the world. The reports were, I believe, he didn't love football or whatever it was. And for that reason, he didn't make it in the NFL. This kid is not his brother. He is Efetu. You know, he's he's his own man. So just judge him based on who he is. If he ends up not loving football, so be it. But you got to – the film he's put on – and I know he's a, he's sort of raw. He's not necessarily a finely polished, ready to go out there and be a top 15 player in the NFL. But you get him at the top around too, and you're getting elite physical traits and size and change of, the change of direction skills at his size and weight – are incredible and i think that you know he just to me he's a guy that at the top of the second round you just can't afford to pass on especially when you have a need at the cornerback position so if a two goes to atlanta all right number 36 is the miami dolphins they'll take wide receiver from unc 
Deami Brown. Deami Brown is a guy that, you know, especially at this point in the draft, if you need receiver and you're on the clock here, you got to make this selection because it's it's sort of getting a little bit, at least for the guys I value, it's getting a little bit picked thin at the receiver group already. Deami Brown is a phenomenal value here because I would have taken him as early as like 26, 27 in the first round. And uh, to get him at 36 here is kind of the later end of where he'll likely go. And I think Miami obviously needs a guy like this. So it's a perfect combination. They paired Deami Brown with the other uh, Preston Williams and also Devontae, Devontae Parker. I like what Miami's doing there at the receiver position. They need to give two of some talent to work with. Number 37, the Philadelphia Eagles on the clock. They'll take linebacker Micah Parsons, Penn State. Now, I know Eagle fans will love this, and I like it. You know, I think it's a good fit. I think it's a um, – I think it's a situation where you could get Darius Leonard level production out of Micah Parsons because I like him a lot. I just want him used in a specific way. And I think that this scheme is one that could get the most out of him. Number 38, the Cincinnati Bengals on the clock. They'll take offensive tackle. Remember what I said earlier, right? We, we feel like there are no more Kyle Pitts in this draft. We do, however, feel like there are, Maybe not another Penny Sewell, but there are good offensive tackles that I believe will be available when we pick next, right? So what happens? They take Liam Eichenberg, offensive tackle, Notre Dame. Now, I know the arm length is short and people are going to worry about that. I get it. But what I'll say to you is this. He's really good. He's really good. So if you think he can't play tackle and you want to move him to guard, then do it. But either way, this right here is not a reach. It is a value selection, in my opinion. And guess what? You still got Kyle Pitts earlier. So I like it for you, Cincinnati fans. All right, number 39 is my Carolina Panthers on the clock. They'll take edge rusher. That's right. Edge rusher from Washington, Joe Tryon. So look, man, I think that, you know, you might look at them and say, hey, they have, you know, a couple of good edge rushers there and Brian Burns and Hassan Reddick. You need more, number one. If you're going to be good, which they will be soon in my opinion, maybe not this year, but it'll happen soon when they get the quarterback position right, you get a guy like you want to build that nickel defense up to where it's ready to roll because when you are good, if you have a pass rush, you're better, right? Now you can finish games. Now you can you can finish teams when they're, when they're trying to come back on you. So I like Joe Tryon. I think he's a, a very high effort uh, player. He's got all the traits that you look for. He's quick twitch. He can win on the outside shoulder. He's an impressive young player to me. I think he's a good fit for Carolina there. Be a situational pass rusher as a rookie, and I like it. All right, number 40, the Denver Broncos. Somehow Creed Humphrey fell this far. This is not something I expect to happen in real life. And to be honest, I don't think he'll make it past Pittsburgh in the first round, but I wanted to kind of change it up for Pittsburgh. I saw Greg Newsom is a great fit there as well. So I went with him and Creed for that reason, kind of just fell a little bit further than he would have. But I honestly thought about him just to tell you how high I am on Creed Humphrey. I thought about taking him. I believe it was in like the late teens. So just think about that. Like I, I that's how good of a value this is. Number one <clears throat> and how much of a unbelievable, um, value i guess it is <laughs> that pick 40 for the denver broncos here fills a need he's an immediate day one starter figure it out up front i know you've got uh cushionberry or whatever i think he's a better player than cushionberry and again the draft is for improving your team not so much filling a need but if you want to move cushionberry to guard whatever just get get both of the guys on the field oftentimes you'll hear 
offensive line coaches in particular say, hey, let's just get our five best players on the field in terms of the offensive line. That's what you're doing here. You're putting another guy that's going to be in the top five of your offensive line in terms of raw um, talent production. And I think that he'll be that as a rookie. So I like that fit there for the Broncos and Creed Humphrey. I think he's a good fit in the scheme as well. All right, number 41, the Detroit Lions, they'll take wide receiver. Remember earlier, guys. I didn't think they were going to take a receiver at seven. It seems too early, right? Too, they're they're really tough and physical and all that stuff. I don't receiver at seven doesn't doesn't send that kind of a message. But you know what does? Taking a wide receiver from LSU, Terrace Marshall Jr. at forty one. Now that makes sense. He's a big physical receiver. He can probably help you in the run game in terms of run blocking ability. But he's definitely got some big play ability. He can work the slot, some versatility from that standpoint. I like Terrace Marshall Jr. and um, I think it's a good fit here for Detroit. All right, forty two. The New England Patriots are going to trade up with the New York Giants. They give them, I'll tell you the compensation later, but they're going to take Kellen Mond, okay? So in this scenario, the Patriots decide to go ahead and get Jamar Chase in round one, Kellen Mond in round two. They know that they they were not going to wait those four last picks, right? Because they don't know if Kellen Mond is going to be there. So if we want him, we, we really like this guy. We didn't want to spend our first round pick on him, but you know what? We just traded up in the, in the second round to get him, and I like that value because now – just a different stigma when you draft a guy in the second round. You don't have to start him. You know what I mean? So you don't have to start him over Cam Newton in year one. So Cam can still at least start the season out for you. And Kellen Mond, if anything, can come in and play for you at some point. Number 43, San Francisco 49ers on the clock. They will take cornerback Aaron Robinson. If you guys ever heard me talk about him when I, when I watched his tape, um, he's from UCF, by the way. I think he's a guy that obviously has the size to play on the outside. Not, I don't think he has incredibly long arms, but he can play either outside or inside. And where I sneakily want to see him play, or as the kids say, where I low-key want to see him play is I want to see him switch to safety at some point. But you can just put him back there wherever you want right away and just see where it happens. I think he'll end up playing his rookie season at least in the slot and uh, you know maybe a little bit of safety down the stretch towards the end of the season, and we'll see what happens next year and beyond. But I think Aaron Robinson is just a talented corner and uh, defensive back in general, and I think you need him on your team, especially if you're San Francisco. Um, all right, number 44, the Dallas Cowboys on the clock. They'll take defensive tackle from Washington, the big, explosive Levi on Uzurike. Okay, Levi is going to be an immediate upgrade for this interior of the Dallas Cowboys offense uh, defensive line. He now they have two really good pieces they've added so far in this draft with Caleb Fairley on the on the back end, Levi Onwazurike in the front end, and uh, he's a guy that's going to be disruptive. Man, he's going to make plays behind the line of scrimmage. He's going to hurt dudes and uh, move them with his hands. So I like I like him a lot. I think he's a good player, good fit here for the Dallas Cowboys. All right, number 45 is the Jacksonville Jaguars on the clock, and they will take offensive, let's just say offensive lineman from Alabama, Alex Leatherwood. So, yes, you have um, Cam Robinson on the franchise tag this year, okay? So that's that's not a long-term solution by any means. You didn't want to use a, a first-rounder on an um, offensive tackle necessarily because you have that that resource already tied up in Cam Robinson from the franchise tag. So you grab Alex Leatherwood now. NFL teams have been raving about his versatility, his ability to play on the interior or as a tackle. I think he's a tackle, but I do think that it's perfectly fine of you to go ahead and start his career off on the inside. You know, so I think that 
that makes sense for uh, the Jaguars. Maybe it's maybe you play him at tackle. Who knows? You play him wherever you want, but you got that kind of versatility as a NFL starter, unquestionably, in my opinion, at pick 45. So I like that a lot. All right, number 46 now, the Giants, after trading back with the Patriots, they will dra- grab a, uh, a another Alabama offensive lineman, ironically enough. It's the center, Landon Dickerson, okay? This kid is a plug-and-play starter. He may never be an elite player, but he's going to be a very good one, and that's going to start very quickly in his career. Number 47, the Chargers are on the clock. They'll take left tackle from Stanford, Walker Little. Paul Alexander, a former offensive line coach for the Bengals and Cowboys, says this kid is absolutely a first-round talent. I think that it's hard to judge simply because we haven't seen him play since 2018, essentially. But I did like his 2018 tape. I think he's a really good player. And if you're the Chargers, right here at pick 47 is a nice opportunity, in my opinion, to take this risk, take this chance, hope he can stay healthy, get on the football field for you, because if he does, he can be a really good left tackle for you. And, uh, that's what you need. All right, number 48, the Oakland I'm sorry, the Las Vegas Raiders are on the clock. They'll take linebacker from Kentucky, Jamin Davis. Okay, the athletic, explosive mover, um Jamin Davis, I think is a nice fit for these Raiders. I think he's going to improve this defense immediately. Number 49, and you guys are going to like this fit, I think. You're going to like this fit a lot actually. And I would have never guessed this guy would have fell this far, and I don't think that he will on the actual draft, but in this particular scenario you know one if i make one pick different like if i I went randomly up and and changed pick 22 right that might not mean that this guy's available at this spot right it's it's really that kind of uh you know sensitive so to speak so javante williams well running back from north carolina is here for the arizona cardinals talk about need value and scheme fit all aligning this works out perfectly for the arizona cardinals and i think that uh, javante williams would be one hell of a fantasy running back immediately for you as a rookie number 50 the miami dolphins on the clock and this may rub some of you guys the wrong way but i don't care i'm doing it the draft is not fulfilling a need it is for improving your team they're taking wide receiver from ole miss elijah moore he's going to come in right away and be a slot receiver for you he really is. I mean, this is a team that you could argue you could use some depth at the running back position as well. Well, they got that Najee Harris, but I've always been banging on the table for Elijah Moore from the standpoint of if you need a guy to be what Curtis Samuel was for the Panthers after after McCaffrey got hurt last year, which was a guy that got five or six carries a game as a running back, that's what Elijah Moore can be for you. I've seen it firsthand on tape against the, I believe it was the Auburn game, but I like him, man. I think he's a good little player. I don't think so highly of him as some people. But at pick 50, I'm totally fine with that value. I think he's going to be on the field in 11 personnel situations right away, and I think he's going to be a pretty solid player for you. All right, number 51, the Atlanta Falcons back on the clock. They will take offensive tackle from Michigan, Jalen Mayfield. I told you this team wanted to get bigger, more physical. Think about the Tennessee Titans and how they operate. Atlanta is starting to do that on defense. Now they come back and they're doing it on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, Jalen Mayfield, in my opinion, is a, is a – guy that's going to be a good starter for you maybe not elite you know ever but i think he's going to be a a solid slash good player relatively quickly in his nfl career number 52 the denver broncos on the clock they'll take cornerback from kentucky kelvin joseph so i think kelvin joseph in my opinion is a he's a good player right i think I, i i what i wrote down about him was he may never be a top end corner in the league but i think that 
he will earn himself some money on his second contract, right? He'll get drafted in the second round and then he'll earn his second, he'll, he'll get paid on that second contract. So that's what I think of him. I think he's a perfect fit in, in Denver in that defense. All right. The number 53 pick is the Tennessee Titans are on the clock. They'll take cornerback Eric Stokes from Georgia. I think Eric Stokes is somebody that people are kind of sleeping on. I haven't heard much about him at all. Um, I think he's better than his his teammate Tyson Campbell. I think he's more technically sound. I like I like his short area quickness and his ability to change direction. I think he's a good fit in uh, Tennessee. Kind of reminds me of Malcolm Butler in some ways. So I like him there going to Tennessee. All right, number fifty four, the Indianapolis Colts will take Pat Freiermuth, the uh, tight end from Penn State. I think you look at what the Colts front office often looks for. Right, they look for those kind of. Uh, Athletic, athletic specimens or whatever. And Faramuth is pretty athletic at the tight end position, and he's a guy that could come in there and give you at least some early production. But I think that you're really bank, you're, you know, you're not going to be banking on him so much so early on. But you're going to hope that maybe you hit on the next Zach Ertz with Carson Wentz, so to speak, in in that from that standpoint. All right, the Pittsburgh Steelers are on the clock at 55. They're going to take at this go round, being that it's round two. They're going to take Kyle Trask, man. Kyle Trask is still on the board. I do not think Kyle Trask will be on the board at this point in the real draft. But in this particular scenario, he is. And um, I actually wrote down in my notes when studying him that he reminded me a little bit of Ben Roethlisberger in the sense that he can – he's just – he moves similar to Ben. He's able to go through his progressions. He can change up the velocities on on the football. And – He's, he was an extremely productive player at Florida. I like Kyle Trask. I think that in 2022, he would, in this scenario, he'd be the starter for Pittsburgh um, right away. All right, number 56 of the Baltimore Ravens. They're going to take, I'm sorry, Baltimore's going to trade up with the Seattle Seahawks. They trade up two spots. They're going to take edge rusher Joseph Asai from Texas. I think Joseph Asai is the absolute perfect fit in this Ravens defense. And if you look at what I got the Ravens doing in round one, I have them taking um, Aziz Ojulari and an edge rusher from Georgia. And now in round two, they trade up two spots. They give away a fourth rounder. Who cares? Uh, you know, my philosophy on that, especially when you're a good team, they give up the fourth rounder. They move up two spots. They get Joseph aside. They get a guy that can come in right away, fit their scheme, give them depth at the defensive end or edge rusher position. And I think he, again, guys, he's a really great fit in this scheme. So I like Joseph aside going to Baltimore at pick 56. All right. Pick 57 is going to be the Los Angeles Rams making their first selection of this entire draft. And they'll take linebacker from Alabama, Dylan Moses. I like Dylan Moses, guys. If you, I don't know if you caught the episode I did when I talked about the linebackers I watched one day, but Dylan Moses was one of them. I like him a lot. I don't know why people aren't talking more about him, to be honest. I think he's had an injury or something like that, but I like him. I think he's a really good player. I think he's got a very good first step, and he has athleticism to match. So I like Dylan Moses filling a need and going to the Los Angeles Rams. All right, number 58 is now the Seattle Seahawks after trading back two spots with Baltimore Ravens. They take who they were going to take anyways, and that's Tyson Campbell. I think that in this scheme, Tyson Campbell's a match made in heaven. You know, he's long, he's fast, he's tough, and I like him. You know, I, I think I had a late two, early three on him. This is right around where that where that would be, so I like that spot for him. All right, number 59, the Cleveland Browns on the clock. Can talk about need meeting value so perfectly, right? 
This right here, Baron Browning, linebacker from Ohio State, staying in the state of Ohio, if that makes sense. And uh, going to Cleveland, he fills a need. He's a really good player. I think he can do multiple things for you, and uh, I like him going to Cleveland. Number 60, Rondell Moore going to the New Orleans Saints, the wide receiver from Purdue. So, look, you guys know I'm not super, super high on Rondell Moore. I don't, I don't think he is a, you know, I definitely would never take him in the first round. Okay, but that being said, I have a third round grade of them, so this is a little slight reach, I guess you could say. But I think the fit is so perfect in New Orleans. It was Sean Payton calling the plays and designing things for him that I think that this makes perfect sense, right? I think he would go here. I think if he's on the board at this particular spot, the Saints might take him anyways in real life. So this is right around where I see him going, and I think that he's a perfect fit in New Orleans. All right, number 61, the Buffalo Bills are on the clock. They're going to take edge rusher from Pittsburgh, Rashad Weaver. I like the fit here. Weaver is a big, powerful kid off the edge. I think he can come in and, and at least as a rookie, get on the field sometimes in a situational role and eventually carve out a big role for himself. All right, number 62, the Green Bay Packers on the clock. I don't like this guy so much. Dylan Reduns, offensive tackle, North Dakota State. I think that he's okay. I think that I can see why people like him. I have a third round grade on him, so it's a little bit early for me. But again, this is not my you know, my personal, what I would do in every selection spot. But I think that he's just the guy that it fits perfectly in this uh, Green Bay offense, number one. And I think that these are the types of guys Green Bay hits on, you know, especially on the, along the offensive line. So I like this selection for the Green Bay Packers. Number 63, we're almost done, guys. Hang with me. Number 63, the Kansas City Chiefs on the board. They're going to take offensive tackle from Clemson, Jackson Carmen. I think Jackson is an extremely athletic, explosive athlete. He is a guy that you give Andy Reid this type of moldable clay, at the offensive tackle position, his position of need, by the way. And I think Andy Reid can figure out how to maximize it. It's just I believe in that with this particular team and, and scheme and coach. I'm taking Jackson Carmen here in a heartbeat from the Kansas City Chiefs. Last pick of this mock draft is the um, edge rusher from Penn State, Jason Owe, going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And from what I understand, if if uh, draft Twitter or, or dra draft internet is, is supposedly right on um, Jason Owe, he'll probably go higher than this, right? But I'll just be the first to tell you, I'm not all that high on Owe. I love him as an athlete. If we were just judging athleticism, he'd be my edge one. But we're not. We're judging the combination of all things, right? But most importantly, we're judging your ability to play football. Now, all that said, I think Jason Owe because of those traits and that and that athleticism, I believe he certainly has upside. And if you're wondering why I'm okay taking a second edge rusher here for Tampa Bay, it's because number one, I don't think Oway is going to produce year one, right? And remember, especially on a complete team, a team that's not necessarily you know uh, dying with a bunch of needs, you're not looking for always immediate contributions. Now, it would sure be nice if Oway surprises and he was ready to play this year, but I think in in any case. With Owe, this is the perfect situation. There are plenty of guys he can sit behind for a year or so and learn how to play the game as a professional, learn how to get better as a technician, as a, as a true defensive end or an edge rusher, whatever it is. I think those that's invaluable. And in this situation for Tampa, I think Owe would be able to just sit back, relax, and uh, learn. You know, I mean, obviously, there's going to be somewhat of a sense of urgency, especially on the kids' part, but I think that. Just those reasons right there, I'm taking Oway, and I like that if I'm Tampa Bay. And again, even if Oway is ready to compete 
year one as a rookie, I think it's never a bad thing for such a good football team, a team that's going to be winning in a head in many games to improve their pass rush and to get quality depth there. So if Shaq Barrett does go down, misses a few games, if JPP misses a couple games, you've got two competent young players that hopefully can come in there and hold down the fort for those guys until they get back. So the Buccaneers are just going to take the best upside available slash best player available here. They're going to go with the edge rusher out of Penn State and Jason Oway. All right, guys, that wraps up two rounds of this mock draft. I'm going to be coming back with another one this time next week, maybe on Monday of next week to be exact, because I did start the recording process to this on Monday and actually had some issues, some serious issues where I had to re-record half the podcast. So I hope it came out all right. But um, yeah, I'll be back again on this. I'll be back tomorrow, but I'll also be back with another mock draft next week. And I'll be back with some more positional rankings very shortly. So I appreciate you guys for listening to the pod. If you are enjoying the pod, consider giving it a share, consider leaving a review if you're listening on Apple and I'll talk to you next time. Peace.